0: and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking.
1: Well, hello there, and welcome back to Success to Significance, life after breaking through glass ceilings. I'm your host, Jen DuPlessis, as if you didn't know, because you listen all the time. But I want to say thank you for listening, first of all, for taking time out of your busy day to uh, listen to me and our guests as we share all kinds of ways that people have broken through glass ceilings, whether they're, you know, relationships, weight loss, weight gain, drinking, smoking, business, you name it, any kind of um, glass ceiling that someone has. And it's so true that we have glass ceilings virtually every day, right? If you have a problem, it's a ceiling. (laughs) It's a ceiling to break through. So, uh, I want to bring on our guest. I'm so excited to have JJ here with us because um I've known him for a couple of years, but we've never sat down and talked at all until now. We ha- hey hi, how are you you know all the all the friendly things. Uh, we have some stuff in common dancing uh different levels, different types. but um you know I'm so excited to have you here JJ on the show welcome.
2: Well, thank you so much, Jen. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to share space with you here and for your listeners to be able to add value in any way that I can. And also to have that conversation that's been long overdue.
1: (laughs) For for me to find out a little bit about you. So um, let's get started with you telling us a little bit about you. I have a bio. We talked in the green room. It's very long. So we're going to put it in the show notes, but I'm going to have you do the condensed version of, this is me. This is who JJ is.
2: Beautiful. Well, the condensed version, I would love to say, is uh, I am somebody who helps bring out the best in other people and seeing the light inside of them. Most often than not, it's before they actually acknowledge it for themselves in regards to the things that I've done or do. Uh, I've been a performer for a majority of my life for over 30 years in the Hollywood and Los Angeles uh, entertainment industry as a choreographer, dancer, producer, director. Um, I spent the last seven years of my uh, dance career as a uh, artist, original dancer for Michael Jackson 1, search to Soleil, as well as one of the choreographers for the show in uh, Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas.
1: Which I've uh, seen.
2: Unfortunately-
1: which I've seen. Yeah. And it could, have been <laughs> yes, you yeah. it could have been you when I saw it. I don't remember. It's been a while.
2: <laughs> it's, it's Yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know... Uh, unfortunately, I had a uh, an accident there that uh, ended my onstage performance career, which was a really big blessing in disguise now that I see it. Uh, you know, talking about glass ceilings, then I didn't see it as a blessing. But now, you know, it uh, propelled me into a new uh, trajectory where I'm at right now as not only a keynote and motivational speaker, uh, creative artist, which I will always remain being and a transformational coach, helping people for those that have either lost their way, their identity, or just find themselves not loving where their life is at the moment and wanting something So much more, and just not knowing how to get there. So that's what I do. I I help people live happier, healthier, more abundantly.
1: That's awesome. And you know, the thing I love about you is that you always have a smile on your face. I, you know, of course, we're we're performers, right? And and whenever we are in the same room, we're usually at a place where one of us is, both both of us are speaking, right, on stage. So we're we're kind of performing all the time. And so again, this is a good opportunity for us to see each other not in that so-called performance mode, but you know, what what keeps you um staying happy and staying motivated? What is it that that allows for you to do that? I'm hoping that what we see on stage is what happens behind the scenes, and I'm sure it is, but what are some of the things that keeps you keep you motivated and not really tips for other people, but just you know, what what helps you keep motivated and why do you need to share this or want to share this or have a passion for sharing this with the rest of the world?
2: Well. I actually love that question and that perspective, because uh, for the longest time, it was an act. And, uh, you know, as performers, we're always on. I was Mm -hmm. taught at an early age that the moment that you leave the house, you got to turn on that light switch because you never know who you're going to run into and you never know who you're going to see or what connection you can make. And formally, as an entertainer, I used to be a very transactional person and uh, when you see life from a different lens and you realize that life is easily taken away from you, from the glitz, the glamour, the glory, uh, it doesn't matter how hard you work for something, that you're on borrowed time. And once you experience what that is, it gives you kind of a big humble pie and a reality check. And fortunately for me, I had that in a very deep, dark way to where it uh, it served me the humble pie to now I went from a, being a... a uh, transactional person to a very intentional person and so my my joy of being on this earth having taken a uh, made an attempt to take my own life after losing everything um, I saw the world differently and I you know, there's, there's something that I really firmly believe in. And, you know, you've probably heard this phrase too: live your life as though it was the last day on earth. Mm-hmm. And when, when I've experienced that, and knowing that my last day on earth was coming at by my own will, uh, I realized that I was living in lack and in sorrow and holding on and, and, and trying to savor every single moment for the wrong reasons. And so I reframed that for me to live every day as if though it was my first day on earth. And so when you see me it's what you see on stage around people even in the privacy of my own home or when when the doors are closed it's the same thing because I appreciate life differently and that's that's pretty much a, a big part of the yeah. message that I want to share with people.
1: Yeah, I love that and we're going to dive deeper into that too. Um was was the knee I wasn't it your knee? I thought it was your knee that you injured.
2: No, it uh well that was that was one Once. of the major injuries. <laughs> yeah. I mean se- seven years in Cirque relay, I I uh had about four concussions, two surgeries, and but what did me in was I uh, ruptured two discs in my in my back. Which ah. was the end of uh, to uh, my yeah. performing career
1: was was that the turning point where you had said now what because I maybe you didn't have a plan B everything was going to be like this you were going to see it forever uh, you know doing that forever was that the turning point that took you down the path of of making those final decisions you know for your life um, or was it or yeah. was it because and the reason why I'm yeah, asking actually, this, oh go ahead go ahead
2: sorry. Yes, no, no, it's it's it, it was the catalyst of it, uh, if I'm really honest. Because what actually really the thing that that broke the camel's back, per se, mm-hmm. was after that injury, after I'd gone through weeks of depression. Um, I had just gotten out of the hospital and I had uh some serious epidural shots in my spine so that I could start oh. being able to walk. Mm-hmm. And it was actually on my 40th birthday, I was. I was laying on the couch in my living room, and I realized I hadn't had a single phone call from a friend or a family member, what? cast members, and all, and all these all these people that I spend so many years supporting, loving on, and uh, sharing space with, thinking that I had built this persona and this figure that people were, quote-unquote, supposed to like, love, and, and appreciate – and i didn't get a single phone call of appreciation or a happy birthday and i remember this specific moment was army crawling from my couch to uh the kitchen and being able to open up the refrigerator to be able to feed myself with with my uh, service dog helping drag me to that i realized i can't believe after everything i've lived through in my life this is this is where i'm at yeah and at that moment, I realized that I had built something that was just so fake and so, um so empty that I, it just took a turn for the worse. And and that right there was the actual moment where yeah. I said, my life's got to change.
1: Yeah. You know, it's um it's interesting because you know it's like a, a life of a thousand cuts, right? A, a thousand cuts of death, or whatever they call it. <laughs> you know the phrase. Yeah. And then the reason why I was asking that question is uh, something you had said in the beginning about what you do is, you know, when um, I remember the game when you were little and you played that kind of stacking hand game, you know, and everybody. You know, played that game. Well, hopefully, I mean, I remember it.
2: <laughs> you know, as kids, you I, play I played games. it.
1: You know, about like five of you get together in the last hand on the bottom and everything. It almost feels like it's a stacking thing that happens with um the lack of gratitude. You know, it's it's not you know, my dog uh threw up on the carpet and then I I dropped the milk out of the out of the fridge, and then I didn't get a client. You know, it's not one thing. It seems like it's a, um, a you know, an accumulation of it. Um, I'm trying to think of, a, of another word of a co- compounding effect for it. Right. Yes. And, and if you don't address it, it becomes so heavy. It becomes this burden. So yep. how do we address Absolutely. it quickly so that it doesn't become a stack? It's just one. Hey, that's life. One thing happened. That's Okay. What can I learn from the, the negative gratitude? I don't even know if that's a word. I, I was at, what would I learn from the thing that I thought went wrong? There's got to be positive gratitude. In I mean, this is how I live. I, I reanalyze my life or my uh, day every day. And I go, thank you know, I'm thankful for the great stuff. Thanks for the sales. Thanks for the opportunity to speak. Thanks for having the great podcast. Thanks for this. Thanks for the, the great food. That's how people, most people think about gratitude but they don't look at and they don't, Oh, I don't want to see the negative stuff. I'm going to have the blinders on, but I actually go for that. And I learned it from someone on, as a guest on the podcast, I go for that and oh, thankful for them, but I go for that negative and say, okay, yeah, I lost that sale, but what did I learn that I can use to get five more? So what are what are some things that people could do to increase their awareness when they're stacking and not realizing it until they're like, oh, God, it's heavy on my shoulders?
2: Absolutely. I think that, I mean, you, you said a really key point of it is... Asking the powerful question of what can I learn from this? How can I grow from it? How can I utilize it for not only myself and to help shed light to others to avoid the same pitfalls that I may have gone through? Mm -hmm. I think that for me is one of the most important valuable lessons that has allowed me to remove the stack, if you will, as you as you so illustrated. Um, You know, not to get too spiritual religious. I just, I just. I'm okay with that. It's okay. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I uh, I uh, I call I call it not answering God's knock at the door because it's almost like every time something is happening you know it's the universe god whatever it is anyone believes in a higher source they're just slightly tapping you saying there's yeah. something you're not paying attention to you're not listening and you know I I believe that uh what you resist persists Mm-hmm. And the more that you ignore it, it's like more signs from different directions are showing up in your life in a similar way that is going to provide us the same sensation or feeling or emotion that gets you into this what what I would call the negative stacking uh for for you to actually pay attention until until you break. yeah, you know and for for me in that in that perspective, it was one of those things that I had to, hit the lowest of low uh, so that I can really do a deep dive in myself. You know, I, I truly believe that life happens for me, not to me. Something I learned from my mentor, Tony Robbins. And when I when I really was able to understand what that meant, I started looking at things differently because it's easy to be grateful for all the great things yeah. but to truly be grateful for the bad. Because when you start looking at everything that has ever happened that is great in your life, if you really dissect it, somehow it came from a learning lesson, a valuable hit in the road or a bump or whatever you call it, you know, that then you really didn't know if you can handle it, if you could overcome it, if you were able to learn from it, or it really put put you in a dark place. And somehow all of these pain points and all these struggles is what really builds, whether it's the tenacity, the drive, the hunger, the will, you know, the strength and confidence for you to achieve and be able to handle the greatness that's always designed for you. And so when now things like that, I mean, obviously I can speak now in this moment, but back then I didn't I didn't have these psychology tools. Where I could look at something, and I take something bad. I mean, I'm human. I'll still react to it, and then I'll go. Oh, wait, no, hold on, hold on. This is amazing. <laughs> yes. This yeah. is. You know what? This is. This is brilliant. How am I? My first words are always, "How am I going to help somebody else with this?" Yeah. And so when I when mm-hmm. I take myself out of the equation to your your primary question mm-hmm. of how do I handle it is I remove myself from the actual circumstance or situation. And I pose it as being a coach. Okay, how can I help somebody else when they go through this, or if they have a similar story to this, because now I'm seeing it from a different lens, and I'm removing the emotional component of it. Obviously, I don't want to sweep my emotion under the rug, I'll give myself time to to deal with it. But at the end of the day. I don't I, I believe and at the risk of sounding arrogant, I I believe that I was put on this earth with a strength that most people wouldn't be able to endure what I've endured because I was built different so I can help more people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Resilience. I mean, that's that's one of the things I'm known for is that resilience, you know, having an a awful childhood. Right. I mean, not awful, but very bad very bad childhood. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's really interesting what you're talking about. Um, what I'm hearing you say is self-coaching, right? Yourself, you're coaching yourself. You're saying, okay, so rather than me just, you know, kind of absorbing this and going, oh, woe is me. And this happens to me. And, and this always, you know, I mean, simple stuff like my, my daughter, she drops everything she drops. And every time she drops, she goes, I drop everything. (laughs) and i just like then stop saying you drop everything just stop saying it yeah and you won't drop everything i promise it works and um you know so i think that this self coaching you know is is really very interesting because it's just it it's saying okay so you know what do i need to do and how can i you know ha- i love that you say you take yourself out and say how would i how would i help someone who called me with the same thing because i would answer differently because you know as coaches And we're coached, right? And my coach said to me about six months ago, we were talking about something and he said, don't you coach on this? And I go, yeah, (laughs) shush. I don't want to hear it, you know? But then he went right after that and said, you know what? It happened to me about a year ago too. I was talking to my mentor and my mentor and coach said the same thing. Don't you coach on this? And I went, yeah, I do. Never mind, Because we just can't see our own ears, you know? And so I think that- yeah, I think it's pretty.
2: <laughs> I think it's pretty. It's, ing- no, yeah, you, you can't you can't you can't see the picture from inside the frame. So yes,
1: yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. I I love that. So you know, as you're um, you know, going, you went, you had this this glass ceiling that you broke through, right? And you got all cut up on the way and everything. But then you're on the other side now. You're looking down and helping others reach through there and saying, "This is the safe way to go. This is the great way to go." Um, what is your message? As we head into, because as we're recording this, and we'll be releasing it before the end of the year, as we're recording this right before Thanksgiving, um, what is your message for people that say, "Okay, look, I've compounded all of this. I've got a stack of issues. I've got a stack of negatives. I've got a stack of lack of confidence. I'm, I'm just maybe I'm not worthy. I, you know, just sort of circling the drain." Um, and going in that direction and saying, you know what? I just want to say goodbye to 2023 and I want to go into 2024 all fresh, but I don't have any work to do in between, right? That's that. Well, what I'm asking you is what is the work they need to do in between? What do they need to do besides dream that, hey, goodbye, I can't wait. If you don't do any work here, that's what I mean by they don't have any work. They don't have anything to do. How do you... What, what do you suggest that people do to release the baggage, release the negativity, you know, swipe it off so that they can start fresh in 2024? And that's the first part of the question. The second is, uh, what's your message for 2024? Are you there yet where you're saying, ah, I see this coming, this will be the thing next year?
2: Yes, to all of that, this is fantastic. And one of my favorite topics because <laughs> I, I, I believe that, much like a relationship if you've ever gone well i mean you've been married for you're blessed to be married for so many years to a wonderful to a wonderful man uh but for those of us that are not there and uh, and are in either the dating pool or going in and out of relationships um it's like going from one bad relationship to the other the common denominator is you and so yeah. what I help people see is not to blame themselves, but, but to accept responsibility for themselves. Mm-hmm. And here's why. And I'm very careful when I use these words, because a lot of people, when they blame themselves for everything, they go into a negative mindset and it's a victim mentality and they're now problem focused rather than solution focused. Yeah. And the basis of this principle is If you accept responsibility and know that it is your doing for all the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything else in between, Even if it has nothing to do with you, the power that you give yourself is that you are the only one that can get yourself out of it. And you're not relying on anybody else to help you find the solution to anything. Even though we need help from others, you are not reliant on somebody else to do the work for you. And so for me, the first thing that I would tell anybody is take accountability for everything, good and bad in your life because that now empowers you to know how to get out of it the second thing is learn how to be able to master powerful questions i i firmly believe that you know um uh, shitty questions start with why why didn't i get this job why did my husband or my wife leave me or whatever the case may be and i believe that if you're able to empower yourself with powerful questions like uh who what or how um, you make declare uh, declarations to the universe that this is now a solution based mindset, and you can now take what you're responsible for, find the solution, and ask for help if you need it. You know, and and I guess to sum it all up, it really is become the person you see for yourself before you ever become it. You yeah, know, it's it's in entertainment we use we use this. Um, this phrase that you know now there's a lot of people there's a controversy between people that uh, understand the phrase or people say that this is like one of the first worst phrases ever created which is fake it till you make it Mm -hmm. you know for for me it's you know if you think about that phrase i believe that phrase means we're just buying ourselves time when you do the work Mm -hmm. right fake it till you make it doesn't mean for me to uh, to fake something that you're not it's like when we're kids we all pretend to be firemen or police officers or I nurses do. or doctors and this and that and some actually become that mm-hmm. you know it's like were they pretending or were they faking and, and obviously we're talking about semantics here but if you really put it in a different perspective if you are able to see a vision for yourself, let's say you're down and out. Like in my situation, I was down and out. I I made an attempt on my life. You know, luckily I I failed miserably, which was great. However, I had to sit and look in the mirror and understand that I had built the life that I was in, accept and assume responsibility for everything good, bad, and the ugly. And then I had to ask myself, well, what do I want to become? And I had to take on that role like an actor before I ever became that I was pretending that I was a speaker and a coach, you know, and, and and helping people truly helping people before I ever actually started doing it as business or actually making true and, and changeable impact in other people. And so what I would leave with others walking into 2024, it's, Don't wait till that New Year's, the the stroke of midnight to hit and all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, you're you're, you're going to lose that weight, stop smoking those cigarettes, you stop drinking or be a better spouse or whatever the case may be. It doesn't change at the stroke of midnight. Yeah. You know, if anything, if you've got, if you've got an idea beforehand, you better start now or you should have already started implementing characteristical traits that is going to take on the new identity so that at the strike of midnight, you're already ahead of the game and becoming who you want to become. Because if you can't become that beforehand, you'll never become that in the end. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it's interesting that people wait for a magic date instead of, you know, (laughs) the decision, the magic decision. Like I made the decision. So let's do, you know, and you and I were talking in the green room too, is that I run my, my year you know, everything I do, I, my, my journal, everything is October to September, right? October 1st to September 30th. And that's a business mentality. But the reason I do it is to, because I know during the holidays, it's going to be the best time for me to create new habits. It's not going to be at the beginning of the year. I'm not, and, and I can create new habits, create new relationships, start new businesses, you know, start uh, promoting a new something, a new coaching program, a new, you know, mastermind, I can start that all so that it hits the ground running January 1st, rather than going, okay, so now it's January 1st. Now I can work. It's, it's kind of like what Greg says, right. With the one size, one size, you know, one side, this one side, that, and I just think you make the decision and, and, you know, move forward. I mean, I, I think that's the easiest, easiest way to do it. So I have some, some follow up questions. Um, and by the way, I like fake it till you make it, um, I I don't I don't see anything wrong with that. My daughter told me that I te- I taught her this phrase which I don't remember, but I I maybe I did. I always told her dress for the job you want. Always yep. dress for the job you want. And that's really what you're talking about here is act as if you already have the role. Start acting as you as if you already have the role. Um and then that it will become that. Um okay, so here's a question I want to ask this this really aligns a lot with why. Now I, I've solved this problem. I got it, but I'm going to use it as an example. When we say, what's your why? And people say, what is your why? So many people are lost. They don't understand the why. And I, I've solved that. I've solved it on this podcast a thousand times. We've all talked about it. So you, anybody who's listening, you just go back in and find something about it. But I don't want to ask you about the why, but I do want to ask you about the accountability. Because when you say, hold yourself accountable. So it, it, you know, to me, I'm going, okay, so it's uh, November 20th, and I have decided I'm going to hold myself accountable for everything that didn't go right and let it be written, let it be done. There's got to be more to it. So, so, share with us a little bit more well, on how you unpack that a
2: little. So, for me, one of the things that I do to help hold myself accountable, if for anybody that follows me on social media, <laughs> primarily on on Instagram, uh, I I speak into existence the things that I am working towards and the things that I am um, needing accountability for mm-hmm. because I call it pride, call it ego. Uh, I don't like to fail, <laughs> <laughs> and I even though I only believe that failing is when you stop trying. Mm-hmm. Um, because we learn from our failures. However, I use any means necessary so that when the word is out into the universe, well, one, I know that God's watching. That's the most important one for me. I, I want to be accountable for my word. I was taught at a young age that, you know, without your word, what good are we? Uh, and two, when people uh, that who follow me or encourage me or support me, um they they ask you know and I don't want to look like an ass and be like oh well and here's my one millionth excuse of why I didn't work on it right and if I if for whatever reason something really uh, um, life happens then I say that but I also hold myself accountable to not cushion the the the, the reason why I didn't follow through and so it's, it serves in two ways. One, it helps me keep pushing through when I don't want to. And two, if I don't for any reason, it holds me accountable to be real with not only myself, but others of why I chose it and, or why I didn't follow through with it. And yeah. it's, it's a humble pie to be able to say to somebody, you know what? I just, um, I don't want about enough. And I've learned this. Uh, I, I really learned yeah. this. When 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 we say that we're set out to do something and we really don't follow through with it, it's because we didn't want it bad enough. But we convince ourselves to believe that we really did, and we make up this whole web of lies for ourselves to keep ourselves motivated or inspired. But if you truly do the work, you'll find out that if you really, really wanted it, you would have done it.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think instead of having all the excuses saying, you know what, I thought I wanted it, but I didn't want it bad enough. I'd made a decision that it wasn't something I wanted to pursue anymore.
2: You know, exactly. I mean, just say what it is. Even in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. Even even in that direction, you learn something. Yeah. Because while you're going in one direction of wanting to achieve said goal. Even if you stop, you learn something that might have propelled you into a better direction for the goal you were meant to be on. Yeah. So that's why I believe life is always happening for you.
1: Yeah. Well, and as Darren Hardy always says, you know, it's these seemingly insignificant, you know, choices and decisions and actions that we take that make the biggest impact. And, you know, there's digging your feet in the ground, right? And planting planning roots and saying, but I told everybody I was going to write a book. And by God, I'm gonna write it if it kills me. No, I got down a certain point of the road and realized this is the wrong road. I I turned back and went someplace else. It's okay. We have yes. this is what God gave us was free will decision making. So allow for you to make the decision and stop worrying about everybody else. Because I think that's where it comes from. But you know, look, some of this comes with age, right? So for someone who's listening, who who let's say is under forty, I can I can speak like that because my daughter and my son are, who's under forty, and they're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys, you know, I think this does come with age. I think that we, you know, fall finally fall into our own. And you know, between forty and fifty five, we start going. You know what? I don't care what people say. I don't care what people think, (laughs) right? I mean, to a certain degree, but you know, what do you say to someone who's young and saying Yeah, but I want to, you know, I want to be on TikTok. I want to have a million followers. By the way, I know a lot of people who have a million followers who make less than $50,000 a year. So it's not about that, Mm. but it's the realization of what, what do you want? What is success to you? What are your dreams? Not what everyone else thinks your dreams should be, but your dreams. How do you, how do you snap yourself out of that? That, um, FOMO. I'm going to call it FOMO. That's exactly what it is.
2: I, I think, especially for this younger generation, that I would say fortunately and unfortunately grew up with the social media craze that we all live in now. Cause you know, like you, I'm in that over 40 club where, uh, I, I use social media because it's part of the business and not because it's my preference. I, I'd rather not, but I know that for me to stay with the times I've got to, I got to be with the times. Yeah. And so yeah. for those that are in the younger space, it really is defining what significance is going to make them feel worthy and if they really are able to dissect and i would encourage anybody at any age you know to to really start learning the emotional mastery for themselves and have emotional intelligence to understand who they are and i and i I work from i work with teenagers all the way up to fortune 500 ceos and the, the same thing goes across the board in just different spectrums and different levels of problems you know but at the end of the day it's what is your self worth what do you mm-hmm. think about yourself what really matters to you and right now we live in this era where our validation is created by likes follows comments dms and numbers yeah. versus true uh profound and and tangible things that at the end of the day like you know when when you're on a couch after a hospital on a 40th birthday or any birthday and you're really down and out are all these people that you believe are there for you love and care for you are they truly there yeah like are are they going to show up at your doorstep without ever wanting anything in return and being there for you in a way that's going to be monumental for your life and beneficial for your life and the the problem i see is, you know, the, the younger generation now thinks that that's what's happening on social media. But when they don't have clout, when they don't have follows, when they don't have cash, when they don't have looks, you know, it's it's all gone. And the quicker that, you know, me personally, I'd love to help them see that, not to take them away from it. If they want to use it, use it. But to truly understand that emotional mastery at a level where it's like, Okay, who am I without all of this? If right now an apocalypse or or uh, another pandemic or everything were to shut down, the Y2K would have actually happened. There's no electronics. There's no connection to anybody. What's my life actually worth? What value do I really core. bring to the world? Yeah. And how am I going to truly show up for myself and those that are around me? Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's funny you say that, um, even though, you know, look, I'm going to use my phone. It's technology to call people because I don't have a line anymore. Nobody does. <laughs> I right? a phone in the house. Um, but, you know, it's um, I mean, I'm going to talk about about something. This is, you know, my birthday will be here in a couple of days. And one of the things I, you know, I don't I don't like and I have taken my birthday off of uh, social media because. I don't like all the, the happy birthday, happy birthday from people. I have no clue who they are. And that's the only time I've heard from them is they, they feel like they have to be part of some group thing. It's not, I don't get impressed by last year. I had like 580 happy birthdays and God knows how many likes and whatever. It doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is the three phone calls I got. I got three phone calls. Um, from other than family, right? Three phone calls other than family. Bill Walsh was one of them.
0: Nice.
1: Bill Walsh was one of them who called me. I got a video from somebody that was a canned video for everybody in the month of November. <laughs> right. That's cool. <laughs> right? And I got a call from another another uh colleague friend of mine in another call. But those made uh more of an impact than any number that someone would put on there. And so I get it. I totally get what you're saying. And and you know, my husband's been through a traumatic brain injury in the last, you know, two and a half years ago, he went through a traumatic brain injury. And, you know, all of a sudden, like everybody scattered, not everybody, but a lot of people scattered like roaches when you turn on the lights. You know, they're like, oh, that's kind of funky. I don't like being around it, da, 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 da. And, you know, um, okay, I'll remember you that's okay. <laughs> when the day is done i'll remember you. i'm still going to pray for you, but i'm going to remember you, you know. and um yeah, i think that's very important i think that you're, you know, what you're saying about, you know, it's it's really just taking an inventory, you know, instead of having the blinders on, it's taking inventory of everything and then um, you know, moving forward. moving forward. it could be a ben franklin. it could be. yeah, these are all the cons, but look at all the great things that are coming forward and how can i manifest those even more? You know, and I I think that's wonderful. So, anyway, that was a long story. Um. Okay. So. No,
2: I, I I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. I, I would say even this, and and don't get me wrong, I, I love my family, even though we don't have a great relationship, but much like either my family or or friends, what I call what you just said is, they're filling their gratitude quota by those phone calls, by those text messages, that the yearly merry christmas or a happy new year or or happy birthday you know versus those that actually make uh, make time out of their day to truly connect with you so i couldn't agree more but you said something that's interesting you know where it comes with age and i don't i don't necessarily believe that it's just because of the age i think that it's just um the the time that we that we write out something we're, we're, we're i guess call it age or call it time but it's like when you're with somebody long enough, you'll see them go through all their colors of the rainbow to see what kind of person they're going to be. And maybe you're right. Maybe it is age because the longer you're around, the more colors you're going to see. And the te- and I think that friendship and authenticity is truly yeah. only tested through, the- through time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I-, I definitely think it is. Yeah. I love it. What are you most proud of in your life?
2: Uh every person I have truly been able to impact and to help change their lives. Like um, a lot of people don't know this uh, about me, I used to be a, a former high school teacher um, in the LAUSD district and uh, Orange County. I used to uh, teach marching bands and color guards, and assistant band director in um, in uh, East LA. And still to this day, I will get. Uh, I will get emails and phone calls and snail mail uh, from some of the, the, the former students that I took from freshman to senior and watched them grow and see them as grown adults with families and careers. And they'll still thank me to this day of being who they are because of the lessons they learned. Uh, throughout my teachings, you know, yeah. and I, I don't know that many, many teachers that um, would have an entire class. Uh, when I was performing at at Cirque, um, I had, uh, I think, the class of uh, uh, class of 97 or something like that. Yeah. Class of 1997. All of the entire class come out to watch my show. Oh, wow. With their kids. Yeah their families their spouses like it it was such a beautiful thing we had this big feast they all came and spent time in my home and they would all go one by one sharing stories of how being a part of my teachings and what they learned through those years has helped their lives so to your question is is every life i've made an impact on you know yeah. and and those that are still to 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 come Right. And
1: some about. you'll never know. I mean, some you never will. And I know yeah. you've experienced that. I have two people have come up and said, oh, my gosh, this one thing you said two years ago on some stage changed my life. And you're like, wow, I had no idea. Yeah. Right. It's the humility that Absolutely. goes with it. You know, we all have teachers that we you know, I, I have several teachers that I that I know impacted me, you know, in high school and um you know, I, if I got the chance to to chat with them, I would have I've looked them up and, you know, the names are too familiar. It's it's one of those things. It probably passed on anyway now that I'm 60. Oh, my God. So they probably passed on. But I think that's wonderful. Um, I have a, a side question I have to ask you. What Um, you were a band director. Did you play instruments as well?
2: No, uh, assistant system band director uh, for one of the schools that I was yeah. uh, working with their cook card. I, I, oh, I yeah, went through I color guard mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. high school and yeah. I actually acquired three world championship titles uh, oh, that's great. doing that. Yeah. And oh, so that's I kind of got in through uh, through the loophole before like the whole teaching credentials and stuff. Yeah. Uh, because I, I, because I had uh world championship titles, different band programs wanted me to come in and help with their artistic yeah. team. Yeah. So I got an,
1: Oh, that's beautiful. Were the, the color guard, did they have, were they the um just the uh not just the were they the uh flag, flag twirling color yep. guard? Yep, flag, flag, I've did, rifle. I've been on sailors. both. That's how I was saying I've been on both because yeah. I've done rifle and flag and cheerleading. Right, <laughs> I've done it all. Um Yeah. So that's kind of fun. That's cool. That is so cool. I didn't know that.
2: We've got more in common than we think. (laughs) I know.
1: Yeah, we definitely, well, I played, I played flute and piccolo and saxophone. I still do. I I play flute, piccolo and saxophone, but I played in the Colorado Springs symphony when I was in high school. Um, Oh, wow. I was, I was really good. I was really, really good. And now it's my alcoholism, right? Like if I've had a bad day, I'll pull my flute out and my husband will come home and I'm playing something. He's like, Oh boy. Oh boy.
2: (laughs) Well, well, now, well, now that I know this, you're gonna have to carry your flute for the no, next No, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so.
1: I don't think. No, I'm classically trained. I, I uh, have to read music, and you know, I can play "Mary Had a Little Lamb" and do scales for you, but that's about it. You know? um <laughs> That's it. But I can, I can read all kinds of music. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's really cool. Okay, I have one last question for you. So. If, uh, you know, anybody, if any anyone, one, one of the listeners, you know, myself or one of the listeners were to come and visit with you for an entire weekend, what would our weekend be? What would you be doing with us?
2: Well, that's, that, that's a difficult question because it, it would depend on what somebody wants to uh, achieve, whether they want to learn, overcome, gain, you know, it just depends Uh, Primarily, uh, most people that come in my sphere of influence, you know, they they think that all I do is motivate or inspire people, which is one of the things that I do. Uh, However, I, I really believe that what I create and I offer is transformation for people and helping them find their best self. And I do that, you know, as I mentioned before, uh, having been a competitive world champion performer and, and an artist, like you've got to be the 0.01% of the world to be at the elite level of of Cirque du Soleil for what we do. Uh, and I take those same skills and discipline and endurance and teachings, and I break it down into being able to push somebody to their limits. Mm -hmm. I love being able to show somebody how easy it is to pass the own limits, your own limits that you've set for yourself, because that's what I think that the most growth comes in. I believe that we've all been conditioned throughout our entire life to believe that we can only get this far. We're this good, make this much money. And it's all this facade and this painted, Picture by everything and everyone around us that we never truly dive deep enough to ask ourselves, what am I actually capable of? Mm-hmm. Can I really take yeah. it past that breaking point where you know I I see it as kind of like when you think of like the Navy SEALs, if you will. You know, I I oh. always I I secretly I secretly am like am I six? Right yeah. in my mind, I'm like Tom Cruise, MI6. I, you know, <laughs> really? I try to enlist when I was younger. Uh, that didn't work out, um, but I would have loved to go through that training because the idea of somebody breaking everything about you to its core so that you could truly blossom back up. for what God's gift was put inside of you. Yeah, that's what I love taking somebody through. So that would probably be in everybody's individual way what their weekend would be like with yeah
1: okay so let me let me rephrase the question thank you so much for answering that what are we going to go do what are we going to what are we going to do
2: live life we would go (laughs) swim with sharks jump out of planes we would uh uh, (laughs) we would read things that we would never think of of reading yeah. We would go and uh, do embarrassing stuff in public. Um, we <laughs> like would dance. go and public speak. We would go dance. We would okay. anything that you would normally say no to. We would probably be doing. Awesome,
1: that's awesome. Except for the sharks and dropping and jumping out of the plane. I'll do I fly, but I won't do the plane. <laughs>
2: I yeah, love- it's uh it's it's love- it's, it's there's a be- there's a beautiful thing that happens to you when you say yes to something you would normally say no to.
1: Yeah, and and I'll tell you what, I fly for me when we did prosperity camp a couple of years ago, I fly for me was really risky. Really risky. No okay. kidding. Yeah. 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 And, you know, a colleague of ours uh, always asks people and I started asking people too. I said, can you take can I take this question and ask? And and she said, oh, absolutely. And her question is, when was the last time you did something for the first time? And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's amazing because that goes in line with that. And I thought, oh, I did. I fly. I would never have done that. Right. Never. But um and then I hurt my neck while I was doing it because the air, you know what I mean? But it was still fun. It was a blast doing it. I love it. All right. So I'm going to ask you the last question. Um, let's see. What am I going to ask you? What do you want to leave everybody with? Do you have a quote? Do you have a mantra? Do you have something that you'd like to share and leave with everyone um, as they're thinking about how to let go of the past? You know, that there's a reason the rear view window, window is smaller than the front, right? Because we're going to look in the past and go, okay, it's gone. It's small. Don't drag it around. It's not a ball and chain. What What do you want to leave everybody
2: with? Uh, there's three things in particular that I live my life by. One is um, those that fail are those that choose to fail. Two is um, success is not achieved by a single individual, but by a group of people that believe in the same thing. And the third and most valuable that I've been teaching people is the concept of own it, do it, done. And what that means is own everything in your life, Mm -hmm. own every relationship, own every mistake, own every success, uh, every trial and everything else in between. Mm -hmm. Do what's necessary. Do the unthinkable, do the uncomfortable. And do the things that you would see other people do to get the things that they have that you would only dream of and make the commitment to yourself to just get it done.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. What's the best way for us to reach you, JJ?
2: Best way would be Instagram. You can uh, follow my my journey and um, teachings on at the real jj Velar on instagram i'm also on all major platforms but that's the one that i predominantly use the most and or you can go to my website jjvalarcoaching.com
1: awesome i'm i'm taking note because i don't think we ever got it so <laughs> we got it now got it got it got it uh, got it written down there we go jj it's been a pleasure to get to know you better i can't wait to see you i hope am i going to see you in december
2: yeah for the uh for greg's party
1: Yep, I'll be there for the party and the yeah. mastermind, and then we'll see you again in January for Prosperity Camp, hopefully. And yes, um, looking I'll forward to for it. it. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right. Listen, have a great holiday season. I'll see you in a couple of weeks, I guess. And thank you so much. This is a third time's a charm, and us getting together.
2: <laughs> thank, thank you so, so much, much for having me, and I appreciate your 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 time and sharing space with you again.
1: Absolutely. Talk to you soon, JJ. Everybody, thank you so much for listening and taking time out of your busy day. I want to remind you, please give us, all you have to do is move your finger, move your thumb, scroll down and give us a great five-star rating and write a beautiful comment about what JJ talked about, how it impacted you, what action you're going to take, an aha moment. And then don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well, where you'll find everything about success to significance, everything about Lady Jen Duplessis, and everything about Mortgage Lending Mastery, which is my other podcast. So we look forward catching you on the next episode of success to significance have a great day
0: you've been listening to success to significance with jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact loved this episode be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplesis.com slash s2s for more stories strategies